725 on a Friday morning. Joining us now at our studios is District 58A State Representative Christy Purcell. Good morning, Good Christy. Good morning, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming in uh, once again today. Thank you. Beautiful it's, morning. It's been a busy week at the legislature, I'm sure, again this week. You, you're kind of in the point, well, it's... There's a lot of work to be done uh-huh. at this point in February and really in March, getting some of those bigger bills and stuff together. Yeah. Uh, but you have passed uh, some legislation. Let's talk about that. Uh, first of all, universal uh, breakfast and lunch for uh, K through 12. What is that? And, and if you could explain the program a little bit to us. Sure. Um, yes, so this was just last night on the House floor. Um, I'm on the Education Finance Committee, so we heard this bill come through there uh, a few weeks ago. But um, basically, this program is going to be very familiar to families like mine um, because it's the program that existed during the pandemic. So um, breakfast, lunch was just available to students, whomever wants to uh you know, partake. Um, And even in the early days of the pandemic, when we were doing school from home, you could drive up, um, at least at Spring Creek, you could sort of drive through the loop and the food service folks would hand us like bag lunches sort of through the car window, which was really incredible. Um, So my family, uh, we are probably just right around the um, financial line for getting free and reduced lunch but there are all these barriers uh, you have to fill out a form just sort of antiquated um, this year there's a way that if you uh, if a family is on medical assistance it will like automatically trigger so that the school district knows how many folks have this need and um, this this program the free and reduced lunch program and what we saw in the pandemic um, is a federal program so what we're doing at the state level is saying, you know, that doesn't exist at the federal level anymore, but this is still really important. And we saw kids learning better. We saw kids' behavior improve because they weren't hungry at school. And so this is also trying to eliminate the um, administrative costs instead of saying, oh, you have to fill out a form. You have to be 250% above the poverty level. It's just like, nope, if you're hungry, grab a meal. Um, and, you know, mornings are a little chaotic, at least at my house. So it's really great to just have that option of like, oh my gosh, you were finishing your homework or something else came up, you know, grab breakfast at school and not having to worry about that debt. Um, We think it might, um, as we've seen in other states, might save families $800 to $1,000 of just not having to buy groceries, pack the lunches, remember those things, and have it just be available. Now, will that be available for all students, yep. for just anyone yep. who wants to? Exactly. Uh, so the uh, as far as feeding the children now, we, don't do, we won't do that if this bill passes through and is signed into law. What, what do you uh, mean? We, if we, don't, we won't have to pay for the students' lunches at right, all. Right, right. So the, be... Yes, so the state will mm. just pay for that. Okay. And then it's then free and available to the families. And the analogy that I heard used in committee is like, we don't ask families to pay for the paper towels or the toilet paper Mm -hmm. or the soap. That's just something that is at school that, you know, the school pays for and that the the state supplies funding for. Um, So this is just sort of adding that onto the list. 
Once again, Re- State Representative Christy Purcell is with us. Um, moving on to the next topic, uh, I know clean water has been near and dear to your heart as you have been part of the uh, Cannon River Watershed Partnership, mm-hmm. and now it's Clean uh, Clean uh, River Partners. You got it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now you have uh, moved on to the uh, Clean Water Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the uh, legislature, so that seems like a pretty good fit for you. I'm I'm very uh, honored to have been appointed to the Clean Water Council. I actually applied to be on the Clean Water Council um, when I was executive director at, uh, I think it was CRWP still then, um, right when the Walls administration came in. Um, it's mostly citizen members. There are some... Uh, two senators and two House members who are on. Apparently, they're non-voting members. Um, so those get appointed by their their body. So the Speaker appointed me to the Clean Water Council. We haven't had a meeting yet, but I applied as a citizen and uh, did, not get the, did, not, did not get the nod from the governor. So um, I think I was joking with someone about, like, I, I wanted to be on the Clean Water Council so badly that I – Went through an entire campaign. I had to get the majority of 42,500 people to vote for me. And that's how I ended up on the Clean Water Council. So we won't, um, I think the first meeting, it's at the at the end of the month. So I will um, try to get caught up on what's happening over there. All right. Explain to us what the role is. It's obviously a non-governmental institution organization. Uh, what, what is their role within the state? Well, the Clean Water Council gets... Uh, uh, millions of dollars of funding because it's from the um, the legacy that in 2008 Minnesota voters approved this tax, this Clean Water Arts and Legacy tax. So it goes into, I mean, there's like several buckets that that money goes into, arts and culture, um, and then clean water. So there are these funds and that money, uh, then the council decides where that's going to go. So we... Uh, from the Clean Water Council has paid for, if people are familiar with the One Watershed, One Plan process that has now resulted in the um, Cannon River Watershed Joint Powers Board, um, an organization. So the money has come from Clean Water Council for some of that water planning, for example, um, and and other clean water projects around. Is it, uh, you know, that started in 2008. I would imagine the Clean Water Council kind of developed at starting at that point, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. But uh, now, fifteen years later, are there tangible results that uh, we've seen? You've been in touch with the whole thing uh, more so than anyone, I'm yes. sure. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. I, there, there's a whole report that I got handed by the administrator of the Clean Water Council. I don't have it in front of me, but okay. I know because when the voters voted on this, I think it was like for twenty years. So I know they're looking at. Okay, well, this this group might end, and we want to make sure that we have these these results for folks. So I I don't have them at my fingertips, but I'm sure they're available online and um, in other places. State Representative Christy Purcell with us. Uh, we're talking some of the legislative session. Uh, Minnesota Care. You mentioned you want to talk about that. Uh, what do you have? There have been some changes made in that, or some legislation made. Yes. So um, I got to be part of a, a press conference this week, and I know. Uh, there were some some Northfielders who were uh, who were up at the Capitol for this press conference too, but then there were too many people, so they they got kind of turned away from the small press room. But um, 
They, we had a press conference, and it was picked up on the AP and other places um, to have a public option to buy in to uh, Minnesota Care. So my family has been on all kinds of different insurance plans through the year, including uh, over the years, including Minnesota Care, buying insurance on Minsure, having the private insurance, etc. And um, I'm really excited. I would love for there to be universal health care, similar like we were saying, where universal meals eliminates a lot of the administrative. Um, but this is a great step in that direction to just have it be not have an income cap to be able to to buy into the uh, Minnesota Care program. So it would be a, a buy-in. You'd pay uh, your yep. health care premiums just like you normally yep. would, but you would get the advantages of having a large group. Yes, exactly. Okay. And I believe Majority Leader Long is carrying this bill. I think he's carried it for some time. So I believe um, there's, it's like sliding scale depending on your income. But we wouldn't tell someone who's perhaps of high wealth, like, you can't join this program mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people, especially self-employed people, you only have so many options. And sometimes those, depending on your age, can be absolutely prohibitive. So we want to try to broaden the pool and make it more affordable for everyone. Representative Purcell is with us. Um, food shelves. Leg- legislation to stock the uh, food shelves or help stock the uh, food shelves mm-hmm. was also, was that passed through or just discussed at this point? That was passed off the House floor last night. Okay. So um, with with bipartisan support, uh, uh, I, I mean, my spouse works at the Community Action Center and he manages the food shelves, two in Northfield and one in Faribault. So this is, of course, uh, very near and dear to my heart. And um, it was really Wonderful to see so much bipartisan support. Um, We know that there is incredible need. Um, The need has not gone away since the pandemic. And in fact, with inflation and things like that, uh, we've seen even more need and food shelves having a a hard time catching up. So I know that in the Ag Committee, we're going to be hearing bills about farm to food shelf, too, to make sure that our, um, our folks in need can eat healthy local food. Um, grown mm-hmm. by their neighbors too, so um, I'm really excited about continuing to work in that space of food access. Now, we're, we're, uh, the uh, food shelf bill that you passed is that strictly a funding type thing, or is it more policy? Uh, I believe it's a funding thing, mm-hmm. and we wanted to do it as kind of a standalone bill because we know the need is now. The need is is present, and if we sort of rolled this into a big omnibus spending bill, you know, in May, that's just so many more months of families perhaps being food insecure. So hopefully this is a thing that can pass the Senate and the governor can sign it, just allocating money to these um, these spaces that are, are feeding our neighbors. Is there a companion to this uh, working its way through the Senate now? I believe so. Okay. Yep. So it, uh, and right now the DFL does uh, control both uh, uh, branches of the legislature, so uh uh, we'll presume they'll come up with something that yes. uh, you can present the governor. It's amazing. I was talking to someone. We could be, we work in the same building in the Capitol, but we could be in different planets. Like, I don't I don't know what their schedule is at the Senate. I don't know what. <laughs> um, so I'm nodding because 
it's so I just have my head down on what's happening in the house. Sure. Um, But yes, I believe that the things are moving in the Senate as well. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to uh, this uh, this coming week. Uh, Are we starting to hit some of the targets and the deadlines now or is that a little bit later on in the month? Um, Because it's almost later. We're halfway through February already. I know. Okay, a third of the way. A third of the way. uh, (laughs) We're six weeks into session. It's a Mm -hmm. 20-week session. Um, We did... uh, I, I got some information about first deadline, second deadline. I think those are all in March, mm-hmm. but it's, I don't know what day it is. I don't know. <laughs> I, so I um, don't, don't quote me on that. Okay. But. Do you have uh, an idea of what's coming down the pike uh, next week, at least as far as you're concerned uh, in your committees and such? Well, I, next week is going to be pretty exciting for me because I'm presenting my first bill and an hour and a half later, I'm presenting my second bill. <laughs> so my first bill I'll be presenting um, in the Ag Committee, um, which is a, a reviving a grant program for agricultural co-ops. So because of the legal structure and having like several entities, it often costs a good amount of money to try to start a co-op. So um, right now I'm trying to find a couple of folks who would uh, testify on behalf and support of bringing this program back to life from the Department of Ag. Um, And then later that afternoon in the Environment Committee, I will be uh, presenting a bill about labeling of compostable and biodegradable packaging. So um, I know a lot more about the ag co-op side than I do about the biodegradable products, but there are very, uh, there are people who can speak a lot to those um, that I will have sitting next to me, but that will be my uh, be a big week for me. My first bill presentation. All right. Well, we wish you the best. Thank with that. you. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to pass along while we have you here? Um, I don't. Well, I think last week because we passed driver's licenses for all Monday of last week. When I came in Friday, as I said, I'm a little discombobulated mm-hmm. with my schedule. So I just wanted to make sure. I know you've run stories about it, but that. Um, in the House, we passed driver's licenses for all. I know it's it went through another committee in the Senate, but um, hoping to get that to the governor's desk because it will take some time for DMV processes and things like that to change to make sure that folks um, will have access to driver's licenses regardless of their uh, immigration status and other things that have held people back. All right. Well, thank you uh, once again for coming in today. Thank Always you so appreciate much. it. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds great. That is uh, Rice, excuse me, Rice County. Let's go with uh, District 28A, State Representative uh, Christy Purcell. You're listening to 95.1 The One. We've got uh, Tim standing by.